The Romani are a people in Europe who have been misunderstood by all of humanity. You probably know them as the Gypsies, a word used thinking that they came from Egypt. Or Sigani in Romania, a word derived from the Greek word outsider. But these are all names that others have given to a broad group of people whose origin traces back to India some 1,500 years ago. The Romani are a decentralized ethnic group spanning across Europe and the Middle East who originally migrated from India during the Middle Ages. We know this because of their language, which is part of the Indo-Aryan linguistic family, a language family found predominantly within the Indian subcontinent. It is especially important to note that the Romani are not just one people, and outwardly differ considerably from place to place. The Kalle in Iberia are very different from the Lavari in Hungary or the Sinti in Germany, yet they all spoke, or at least once spoke the same language, share a similar DNA profile, and maintain aspects of a similar culture. What's uniquely fascinating about the Romani culture is that it's a unique infusion of Indian, Middle Eastern, and European elements. Music and dance have played a fundamental role in the ethno-identity of the Romani, and notably, the Romani in Spain and France have been responsible for such unique creations such as the flamenco and manouche jazz. My name is Ali and this is Ancestral Brew. For the past two months, my team and I have been investigating the story of the Romani and this has by far been one of the most complex video projects I've worked on to date. I initially began this project after being posed the question on my TikTok multiple times and for those that don't know who I am, I create videos on different cultures with the overarching intent of unifying people. The Romani are in dire need of unification with their broader communities. They have been subject to systematic discrimination for over 500 years. So in order for us to learn more about these people, just like any other ethnic group, let's look into their genetics, their history, and finally their sociology. Let's dive straight into it. When looking at a people group, one of the first things that I like to do is to look into their genetics because this will reveal the complex migratory history that these people have had. Darker in complexion to their surrounding neighbors, they appear distinct amongst the groups of people whom they adjoin. And this is because, as you guessed it, they have a distinct genetic profile. The modern day Romani profile can be categorized into three genetic groups. That is Western Asian, Central and Southern Asian, as well as European. Here are some of the results from 23andMe. What do you see? The Romani, despite having a high degree of European admixture, have a remarkably high Western Asian component, even more so than their South Asian DNA. The genetic profile of the Romani is somewhat representative of their culture. For example, all you have to do is to listen to Romani music to hear the Middle Eastern, Indian and European influences it has.
but it doesn't just end at music. As a matter of fact, these impacts can be seen within their belief systems. Many Romani today are Catholic, Protestant, and Muslim. However, their spiritual belief systems have foundations within Indian philosophy. For example, take the idea of Kuntari, which reflects on the universal balance that exists. The Romani believe that everything must have its place in the universe. So for example, if a hen doesn't lay eggs, it's seen as bad luck. And I'm sure many Romani can agree how superstitions like this forge the very foundation of many of their cultural practices. Nevertheless, let's have a look at their history to learn more about how these migrations have forged the Romani identity. Some linguists believe that the term Rom is derived from the Sanskrit word Doma, who were members of a low caste of traveling musicians and dancers. Today, India contains a people group who are called the Domba, a nomadic and heterogeneous ethnic group scattered all across India, who have traditionally been musicians and blacksmiths. Up north in Gilgit Baltistan region of northern Pakistan exists a people similar to the Domba, known as the Domaki, who speak a language similar to that of the Romani. It could very well be, in fact, that the ancestors of the Romani, who Ian Hancock has called the Dombari, could have very well been these people. However, this is still a matter of great scholarly debate. Because the Romani have traditionally always been nomadic, they haven't left a strong written history. Subsequently, our knowledge of early Roma history only comes from Arabic and Persian sources. One example is from the 11th century Persian poet Ferdowsi, who recounts a tale of the Lori, loot plays brought in from India to serve the Persian king Bahram Agur around the 5th century. The Lori, upon their arrival, were each given an ox, a donkey, and seeds by the king. Instead of using these for farming, however, the Lori ate all the corn and animals and returned to the king the next year. Angrily, the king banned them from his empire, and so it happens to this day that the Lori keep wandering around the world in search of a living, keeping the dogs and wolves company. According to most linguists and historians, the Romani would continue wandering Persia for several centuries, providing an array of different services for the people they encountered, before finally reaching the lands of northern Mesopotamia and the eastern boundaries of the Byzantine Empire during the latter end of the 10th and beginning of the 11th centuries. Iran actually plays a very fundamental role in the ethnogenesis of the Romani. As we could see in their genetics, they have upwards of 30% Northwestern Asian DNA. And as a matter of fact, in Iran and surrounding regions, there are a lot of related people groups known as the Lom and the Dom. The Lom and the Dom are ethnic groups found in Armenia and the Middle East respectively, and it is still disputed as to whether they are indeed related to the Romani themselves. They do seem to share aspects of a similar culture and language. What's interesting is the way that they organize themselves within their respective communities. Most of these nomadic people in Iran, for example, have taken on a variety of different designations and castes within their societies, such as the Ahangadi, who are blacksmiths, and the Qurbati, who tend to be servants. This is interesting to note because the Romani in Europe also seemingly organize themselves into castes. For example, you have the Kaldoresh, who tend to be blacksmiths, or the Lautari, who are musicians. The way that both the Romani and Damari organize themselves into their respective societies may be a further indication that they are related to one another. But I digress, so back to the history of the Romani. 
The ROM started appearing in European accounts in the 11th century, with Byzantine sources detailing a people called the Atsigani. Fortune tellers, ventriloquists, and wizards who visited the Emperor Constantine IX in the year 1054. By the 14th century, the Romani had reached the Balkans. By 1424, Germany, and by the 16th century, they arrived in Scotland and Sweden. In the beginning, the Europeans who met the Romani welcomed them very warmly. Aristocrats who met the Romani in the 15th century gave them letters of protection to travel from one country to another. Romani adapted the surrounding culture wherever they went. For instance, most Romanis adopted the dominant religion of the area. Today, many Romani in the Middle East and Iran are Muslim. In South America, most are Catholic, whilst in North and Western Europe, they are Protestant. The early goodwill towards the Romani, however, began to disappear, and the Europeans began to resent the Romani who refused to fully integrate into society. Romani were blamed for begging, thievery, kidnapping, prostitution, and witchcraft. Beginning in the Middle Ages, many European countries enslaved the Romani people. In 1445, Vlad Dracul, the man who would become the basis for Dracula, captured more than 10,000 Bulgarian Romani and sent them to Romania as slaves. In the 1700s, Portugal became the first country to deport Romani slaves to work in colonies in India, Brazil and Africa. The French sent Romani servants to plantations in the Caribbean and the Spanish shipped Romani to colonies in North and South America. The oppression of the Romani would not just end throughout history. I have been shocked to realize that there is continued systematic persecution towards these people. It seems as if the only acceptable forms of racism that exist today are towards the Romani people. It's okay in Europe to resent the Romani people. It's okay to um, slander them. And, you know, I never intended on looking at these issues because as someone who's deeply fascinated with science, linguistics, and genetics, it's not my area of expertise. But I soon came to the realization that you cannot speak about the Romani without looking into the struggles that they have faced. So, just as a slight forewarning, the next couple slides may be slightly distressing to some viewers. Ponajpierw wszystkich, którzy dobrali, później nad za nas się chcieli, później. No to wtedy szczylali, mordowali moją całą rodzinę, od matki, wujków, braciów, wszystkich pozabijali w lesie. Wszystkich dzieci moich. Gdzie to było? Zamiechowy. They gave us the number, they said, don't, you don't go by your name no more. You go by your number. If we call you, we call you 574. And that's what we did, we listened to the number. Porajmos, which means the devouring in the Romani language, refers to the genocide committed to the Romani population in Europe. Whilst the genocide of the Jewish people was recognized during the Nuremberg trials, and the German government paid war reparations to Jewish survivors of the Holocaust, the genocide of the Romani population wasn't acknowledged until 1982. Until then, the West German government denied that the Romani were subjects of racially motivated persecution. Instead, it was insisted that the Romani were imprisoned for their asocial and criminal characteristics, allowing the government to avoid responsibility for racial discrimination and compensation for genocide. 
As we can see, the systematic discrimination that has occurred for the Romani people is deep-rooted within European society. To understand this story with more detail, my team and I decided to engage with the European Roma Rights Centre, which is an organisation that fights for Romani rights. The next section of this video is the interview that I had with Jonathan Lee, a Romani activist. Hi Jonathan, can you hear me? Hi Ali, how's it going? Good, good Jonathan, how are you? Not bad. Trying to sort everything out. So, just in the spirit of, of, of uh, sort of being conscious of your time, Jonathan, I might just jump straight into it. Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. So, if, if you don't mind, Jonathan, do you, do you mind just introducing yourself and telling us what you do? Yeah, sure. My name is Jonathan Lee. Um, I come from a Romani family in Wales on my father's side of family. Uh, and I've been working for the European Roma Rights Centre for around five years now. We are mainly a human rights litigation organization. So we sue racist authorities, uh, public institutions, things like police forces, health authorities, um, local municipalities, when they carry out actions that are discriminatory towards Romani people, which is all the time across Europe. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, do, do you mind telling us sort of why this discrimination exists? I mean. Many people know who the Romani are. Um, unbeknownst to them, they probably refer to them by an array of different names, which uh, probably aren't appropriate. Do, do you just mind giving us some historical context in relation to how this started in the first place? If you say the word Roma or Romani to most Europeans, I think a lot of them would kind of draw blank. Um, Romani people are known in every single country in Europe just by different names. Um, the most common to English speakers would probably be Gypsy, which for American Romani people, for example, is very offensive. For British Romani people, that's what we self-identify as, as Gypsies, as Romani Gypsies. Um, other words are not so nice. So across most of Eastern Europe, we're known as Sigan, uh, which has its origin in slavery. So. When Romani people arrived in Europe, um, probably sometime in the 1300s, almost half of them were immediately enslaved in what is now Romania. Uh, and I'm talking full chattel slavery, uh, very similar to the experience of African-Americans, people in the Caribbean, where Romani people were bought and sold by aristocrats in the territories of modern Romania. They were owned by the churches a lot, and they worked in houses, they worked in the fields. Um, they were forbidden to marry. Any children that were had were also enslaved. You know, this carried on for 500 years. It wasn't until the late 19th century that abolition was formally abolished in Romania. Um, and of course, like slavery elsewhere, former slaves have nowhere else to turn to but to their own masters uh, after abolition. So many continued in a, a similar relationship for decades afterwards. The other half, who weren't enslaved, carried on west. So they entered into city-states and modern-day nation-states, sort of in a piecemeal way, until by around the 1600s, they had gone to every single country in Europe. Um, and uh, what they found there, every single place they would come into, this is in Dark Ages Christian Europe. So they were a dark-skinned people who had a... They were non-Christian. They had a funny language that no one recognized. So they were viewed with mistrust and suspicion. Um, 
you can normally track the arrival of Romani people throughout Europe by ordinances that ban them from cities. So in Geneva, they were banned on pain of death. Gypsy hunts were carried out throughout much of the lowland countries and like German speaking areas. Um, it was Henry VIII in England uh, ordered that all gypsies found were to be hung or deported from the country. Um, in that way, it, it really mirrors Jews in Europe to a certain extent. It's a very similar kind of treatment from medieval um, like authorities, I guess. So then this continues right up until sort of the modern era, where well before the Holocaust even started, they were already drawing up lists of Romani people throughout um, the Weimar Republic, throughout uh, Germany before the Second World War. And this is, it meant that when the Holocaust started, they already had uh, people rounded up. They already had lists of what they called asocials and criminals. Um, and, you know, it was, it was very easy, actually, for a lot of countries to genocide Roma when the Holocaust came, because contrary to what most people think, we did have a, a, a certain level of a Roma, a Roma middle class before the Holocaust started. There were Romani teachers, there were uh, Romani officers in the military, accountants, shop owners, things like that. They were the easiest to find and they were the, they were the first to be killed. There's photos of um, Romani SS officers in um, Wehrmacht uniforms standing on the ramp at Auschwitz, shouting at people saying, do you know who I am? Um, so, you know, it really, especially the Sinti in Germany, the middle class, if you could call it, were completely wiped out from Roma. Um, it's estimated between 500,000 and one and a half million Roma died in the Holocaust, um, which is called the, the Poraimos in Romanes. It means uh, like the devouring, the great devouring of people. Uh, and this meant that after there was no one unlike other victims of the Holocaust, unlike Jews, for example, there were no people left to testify about what had happened to Roma, really. Um, yeah, there were no lawyers or teachers or people who were called to the Nuremberg trials to say what had happened to Romani people in the camps. So for a long time, the Holocaust against Roma was all but forgotten or actively denied by people who didn't want to remember it. Um, Romani people, we have a, a very oral culture um, and you tend to remember the better things and the worst things. So for an entire generation of survivors, they often wouldn't tell their stories to young people. And it really it was a forgotten genocide for a long time until the 80s, when I think Germany was the first to recognize the Romani genocide. And now we're starting to get recognition. We're starting to get the 2nd of August recognized as um, like Roma Holocaust Memorial Day. But without this this sort of reckoning with genocide, without even a reckoning with slavery or any of the other atrocities that were committed over 500 years against Roma, it's very easy then for you to arrive at a situation in Europe where it's quite normal to discriminate against Romani people. It's it's what's always happened and there's never been any sort of consequence of it. There's never been a societal reckoning of what has happened to Romani people. There was never a truth and reconciliation process so the situation of now is the largest min ethnic minority group in Europe in every country are without fail the poorest in every country. Um, and not even poor by European standards, we're talking poor by developing country standards. Um, and yeah, you still have 
societal hatred. You still have discrimination from authorities. They're not genociding us anymore, but there's a lot of the signs, particularly in political discourse and politically in Eastern Europe, that very much mirrors what was happening in the 1930s. Romani people are being talked about as a policy issue again, to which the solution is increasingly severe. You have people talking about final solution rhetoric, particularly in Bulgaria and Romania, uh, Serbia, Slovakia, the Czech Republic. So, you know, it's not that never again is going to happen necessarily for Roma. There is a, a genuine fear amongst activists and communities that these sort of atrocities come up every few hundred years, maybe every 50 years for Roma. If the signs are there now, it's a genuine fear that people sort of live with in general, that things can all of a sudden take a turn for a worse in many European states. Would you say that the issue that is present within contemporary Romani society is a direct consequence of the historical issues that have taken place? Look, so absolutely, it's absolutely a consequence um, in that racism and all of the things, the, the human rights abuses that Romani people face are symptoms of a very deep-seated issue in Europe. Uh, it is just simply a part of being a European that you're probably going to be racist towards Romani people. Um, not many Europeans like to hear that, but in every society, in every country in Europe, it's, it's often referred to as the last acceptable form of racism that you'll see in the press. You'll see headlines in the press about Romani people that you would never be allowed to print about any other minority group, ethnic or otherwise. In the, in the video that you sent us, you, you were telling us about some of the conditions that the Romani were living in, being being forcefully evicted from their homes as well. And, and it's, it's just surprising to see how that's presenting itself in, 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 in our society right now as well. So I was just wondering whether you could just elaborate a bit more on that as well. Yeah, sure. So there is a forced eviction crisis going on in most European countries against Romani people. Um, when we talk about Generally, if I'm talking about Roma in Europe, we're really talking about the most marginalized, the very poorest people who live in unstable housing. So normally it's a bit of wasteland somewhere like a disused car park, some ex-polluted industrial land, somewhere where no one else wants to live. That's normally where the poorest Roma, particularly in Eastern Europe, end up living. Um, it's difficult for me to explain to someone who isn't familiar with this, how bad the conditions can be in some of these places, um, particularly in the east of Slovakia, Romania, uh, Moldova, Bulgaria. There are completely segregated villages there of makeshift housing where there's no electricity, there's no access to public water. The water that comes from wells is normally polluted. Um, you know, I've, I've been to camps where the municipality have evicted people to a rubbish dip, tip, like a dump on the edge of the city. Um, and these were people who were living in the center of the city who were integrated, who had jobs, who were part of the system, and are pushed out onto you know, the garbage dump on the edge of the city. This is, and particularly for Romani people, where this idea of like a ritual cleanliness is very much part of our culture, um, it's even more sort of insensitive to do these kind of things. So when you have that kind of level of institutional bias, you know, they're willing to spend these resources because they don't want them in their backyard. That's so much more expensive than providing poor people with inclusion pathways, you know, like giving them a social worker, allowing them to access the system, getting them ID cards if they don't have them, 
this would all be cheaper in the short term and the long term than just routinely evicting people. You mentioned Italy. So in Italy, you have a very unique uh, scenario where the Italian authorities conceptualize Romani people as nomads, regardless of if they move or not. They, if they don't have a traveling, like a nomadic culture, they're still, they're called nomadi. And they built these government segregated camps called nomad camps all over Italy, where they put Romani families, they're normally on the edge of a city, segregated from the rest of the population, which is completely illegal. In the years that have gone, they then neglected these camps. So there's no rubbish collection, so rubbish builds up. Electricity often is taken from wires that go past, which are dangerous because it's not provided. Uh, access to water is kind of shaky. So then they, they become a, a public issue. So they start evicting them. And these people end up in, in they call informal camps, which are just tents, bits of wood, bits of plastic put together on the side of the road, maybe under a highway overpass. And from there, they're just, every month, every two weeks, routinely evicted by Italian police, illegally, and every single eviction starts them again. So if they've managed to get their kids into school, miraculously, the kids drop out of school, which starts them over. They've managed to get some informal work, maybe recycling or collecting metal. Their local markets are now out of reach. They're away from public bus lines, neighbors even. If they've started to meet non-Roma neighbors, uh, and integrate into society like the authorities want them to, that starts again. So, you know, this is a deeply racially charged issue. This is not something that's being done for the public good. It's not something that's being done to save money. And it's not even being done because what the Roma are doing illegal. This is an ethnically targeted policy all across Italy and all across Europe, in fact. Entropy is the natural order of things. That which is intended to tends to fall apart and break away. The very same thing holds true for culture and tradition. When I spoke to the countless Romani people that joined my Discord, I was shocked, really, to see how ashamed they were sometimes to admit who they were. It would be an absolute atrocity to have these people lose their culture. Prior to the creation of this video, I myself didn't really know too much about the Romani, but I can wholeheartedly say that it has been an absolute honor to have learnt about these people. To the Romani people that are watching this video, be proud of your culture. It has brought exuberance. For me as a non-Roma, every time I speak with a Romani person, I'm filled with excitement because of just the information overload <laughs> that I've had. And this serves as a benchmark for every other culture as well. The more we actually learn about different cultures, the stronger our connection to our neighbors becomes. Before I end this video, guys, I want to give a massive shout out to the Ancestral Research team. They helped form the foundation of the research behind this video. For that, guys, I am so eternally grateful. I'm, I'm so excited for the future projects that we'll be working on as well. And to the countless Romani people that helped me learn more about their culture, I'm thankful for that as well. Thank you. Guys, this is Ali from Ancestral Brew signing off. Achav Devlea. <laughs> Peace out.